Amen. How many of you ready for the word of the Lord today? Come on, anybody came to church hungry for a word today? Amen. I don't know about you, but the Bible says that the man shall not live by bread alone, but he needs every word that comes out of his creator's mouth. Amen. So how many of you know you need the word of God to sustain your soul? How many of you need to eat something today? <laughs> Amen. So I thank God. Amen. I thank God for my wife. Amen. God really used her last week. Amen. Y'all give her a hand clap. Amen. She's a... Uh, can I get a little more volume on three? I'm straining a little bit. Let me get number three up a little bit. Amen. A little bit more. Amen. Amen. A little bit more. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's it. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Amen. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, you can go just a little bit lower. I thank you today, God. I bless you. God, I honor you for everyone that has gathered with us today. Father God, I give you praise. God, I give you glory. I give you honor. Father, and I give you reverence, oh God. God, I thank you for all of these wonderful souls that are gathering in your name. God, I thank you for all of these beautiful human beings, God, that you created and put up on the earth to dwell in harmony together. Father, I pray, God, that you would begin to strengthen them. God, I pray, God, that you would x-ray their heart, God, that hidden man, God, and things that they don't want anyone to know about. God, that you only, the things that only you see, the things that only you know. God, I pray, oh God, hallelujah, Lord. Oh God, hallelujah, Lord. Let us touch your heart today, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, look down upon this place today, God. God, and we reverence you, God. We bless you, God. God, we honor you today, God. God, many people, God, come in and out of your house every week, God. God, and some never contact you, God. God, some never encounter you, God, because there's so many layers on their heart, oh God. God, and they never really realize oh God that if they would just come in sincerity God if they would just come with a humble spirit God if they would come before you with a heart of contrition oh God God that they would find you every time God for the scripture says that when the heart of a man is broken God and when his spirit is in contrition God you can't despise it God you don't turn away from it God God, but it gets your attention, oh God. God, let our hearts be in contrition right now, God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Let our hearts, my Lord God, be tender before you, my Lord God. God, in the name of Jesus, come on church, lift up your hands and pray with me. Hallelujah. Let us go in the presence of God together. Come on, there's somebody needs something from God. Somebody that you love may be battling Amen. Don't be selfish and just pray for you. But think about somebody else. The Bible says that let every man look upon the needs of somebody else. Think about somebody else that needs something and intercede for him today. Move for your people today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Come on, 
come on, all of your heavy burdens, cast them on the Lord right now. Come on, cast your burden on the Lord right now. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon his wonderful name shall be saved. Hallelujah. Come on, church, pray with me. Pray with me. Pray with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We honor you. Come on, church. We honor you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let your glory fill this place, God. Come on, some of you have been battling all week long. Come on, you don't have time not to touch the Lord. Come on, you in the house of God. Come on, you need to touch heaven right now. Come on, you need to touch heaven right now. Come on, you need to touch heaven right now. Come on, the woman with the issue said that if I can just touch his garment. Come on, if you could just touch the hem. Father, we just want to touch the hem. Today, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Come on, church, pray with me as we get ready for the word of the Lord. Thank you, God. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, don't grow weary on me. Don't grow weary on me. Call up on him. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Thank you. See, a lot of times that's why we can't get through. We don't know how to pray. A lot of times we come to church burdened and we leave burdened because we don't come sincere. Amen. You're before the almighty God right now. You don't want to come to church, eat, drink, and rise up to play. But you need something right now. You need God right now. It's not time to look around and see who in church. It's not time to look around and see who showed up. You can see who showed up and leave bound. It's not time to leave bound. It's time for you to get what you need. The Bible said at a certain season the angels stirred the water. And this is not the season to be looking around. But the angel has stirred the atmosphere. This is not the season to be wondering what's going on. How many people here? The sea, the water has been stirred. You better get what you need. It's not going to happen when we leave. It's happening right now. And your mind on the wrong thing and you're not going to get it. Certain things only happen in certain seasons. Certain things only happen in certain seasons. And then you miss the season and blame God that he's not moving. 
But this is your hour of visitation. He is visiting this house right now. The Lord is visiting, the Lord is visiting, the Lord is visiting. Jesus said, what did you go in the wilderness to see? Come on, I can hear the Lord saying, what did you come to see today? He said, I'm here. I am here. The Lord Jesus says, I am here. And he is visiting right now. He want to touch your heart. The Lord says, whatever sin you've done before you came, if you would acknowledge it, he'll forgive you right now. The forgiveness of God is in this place right now. Come on, come on. Don't let the enemy distract you. Don't let him distract you. His forgiveness is in this place. His mercy is visiting this place. He said, I will forgive iniquities upon to generation to generation. Come on, if you have a sickness in your body, he's visiting you right now. If you need a miracle, he can do it in your seat. Get your mind off of everything but God. If your mind is not on the Lord, your mind is in the wrong place. Block everything out. Block everything out. Block everything out. Block everything out. Romo Saki. Come on, let him wash you. Let him renew you. Right now, God, strengthen my wonderful brother. Strengthen him right now, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God. In the name of Jesus, God. God say doing a new thing and you're washing a regeneration in the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you're ready to receive, lift your hands up as we get ready for the word. And Jesus breathe on them. And he began to say, receive the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody not receiving their mind is on the wrong thing. Come on, somebody not receiving your mind is on the wrong thing. Come on, I can hear the Lord say, receive the Holy Ghost. The Lord is ready to do whatever you need right now. Receive. Come on, receive, receive the Holy Ghost. Come on, some of you going to leave in the same condition because you're not ready to receive the Holy Ghost. You can have the Holy Ghost. But that's something you need to receive. Receive right now. Imando Roboto Shakaya. Hey God. Hey God. Circumcise our hearts right now, God. Come on, God say some of you got layers. He's trying to penetrate. Come on, the Holy Ghost is trying to penetrate. He's trying to take that stony heart out and give you a heart of flesh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Come on, I can hear the Holy Ghost. He want to minister for a few seconds, a few minutes. Come on, let him minister, let him minister. Yes, God. Mm. We receive. I refuse to let the devil stop the move of God. And you should refuse to let the enemy stop you from getting in the wave of the Holy Ghost. Don't let the enemy block you from getting in the wave of the Holy Ghost. Ah, God. Yes. That sweet spirit you feel. The Bible says the spirit descended upon him in bodily shape like a dove. Very meek, very gentle. Hallelujah. And if you would move every barrier, every piece of resistance, he comes very gentle, but he's so powerful. And there's nothing in you that he can't destroy. Thank you. Yes. Just for a moment, can we worship? Lift every worshiper, lift up your hand. Every worshiper, every worshiper, every worshiper. As we draw near to you, God, draw. Come on, there's a weight of glory in this place. Come on, there's a weight of glory in this place. Come on, there's a weight, there's a weight of glory in this place. Come on, let it rest upon you. Come on, there's a weight of glory in this place. Temple, Lord. Feel the temple.
Come on, we get ready for the word, but can we just get a few more moments? Amen. The weight of glory doesn't fall all of the time, and when it does, you got to capture that. Amen, amen, amen. You don't want to miss, amen, the weight of the glory of the Lord. Let it rest upon you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Yes. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray that you let the word of the Lord, your precious word, your precious seed, Father, let it have free course in this place. God, I bind every spirit that would attempt to hinder your word. God, let our hearts be open and tender. Let our grounds be fertile. Let our ears be open. Cause the precious word of the Lord to sink down in our spirits. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Give the Lord a hand praise as you take your seat. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know about you, but when I can discern the presence of the Lord, I don't want to miss that. Amen. Amen. How many of you love the presence of the Lord? Amen. There's literally nothing like the presence of the Lord. Amen. And just know that when you come before the Lord, amen, the Bible says, amen, whoever sins we remit, they're remitted. Amen. So if you felt like you couldn't get in the presence of God because there was some barrier, amen, in between you and him, amen, just know that the Lord has forgiven you. Walk in it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, amen, I'm going to start something, amen, for the next three weeks, a little teaching series, amen. And I thank God for my wife because what it did, amen, I was, amen, amen, she really... Amen. Was a great blessing. Amen. She, amen. Did y'all enjoy her on last week? Amen. Didn't she bless the house? Amen. Give her a hand clap and let her know that. Thank God for letting the Lord use her. Praise God. Amen. So what I'm going to be talking about for the next three weeks, amen, and I want you to follow me very closely. Amen. So that Monday, the very next day, amen, after she ministered the word of the Lord, Amen. That next Monday, the Lord began to deal with me. And basically, what he began to share with me is almost like he began to kind of give me insight on the Bible and what it's about. And as I began to think on it, I began, the Spirit of God said very simply, he said, the whole Bible is a book about relationships. Y'all caught that? The whole Bible. It's about relationships. If you look at the Ten Commandments, amen, the Ten Commandments, the first four commandments, they deal with your relationship with God. Your first four. It talks about not having idols, not taking his name in vain, keeping the Sabbath, things of that nature. That's your first four. So your first four, they address your relationship with the Lord. And how many of you know that's the first relationship you need to get right? (laughs) That should be your dying objective to make sure that your relationship with God is right. 
then the first step in making sure your relationship with the Lord is correct is if you hang it on commandment number one, just not having any idols in your heart. Amen. Something you love more than him. <laughs> Amen. And then your next six, they talk about hum- human relationships. And he talked about honored father, honored mother. If you're in a marital relationship, don't break that with adultery. If you are in a, some kind of business relationship or whatever, don't bear false witness. He began to just throw down the list. Don't steal from anybody. <laughs> what those things are, how we interact with other people. Amen. <laughs> so Jesus said this. He said, you can hang the whole everything I came to teach you. He said, you can hang it on two things. How you love God and how you interact with humanity. And now, there's a lot of details in the Bible, but it's all summed up some kind of way. And how you relate to God and how you relate with human beings. And if you've got one of those two things wrong, then you've got to fix that. Now, so the first message I'm going to talk about today is drawing near to God by sacrificing. That's message title number one. The message title number one is drawing near to God through sacrificing. And the word relationship simply means this. When two parties, the state of affairs between two parties. In other words, what's the condition of the relationship? That's what the word means. The message number two is going to be titled bonding. And I'm going to teach you some things how God designed human beings to bond. How we're supposed to interact with one another in society. Amen. And then the third one, which is very interesting is how do you repair broken relationships? And the Lord began to speak to me. He said, that's why I put words in the Bible like forgive, repent, reconcile, first works over. Because those terms are things that repair relationships. God didn't design relationships to break and never be visited for repair. So how many of you can see how that's going to be a blessing to you? (laughs) So the first thing we're going to get right, we're going to talk about our relationship with God. Now, this is what the, so this is how relationships, and I thank God for this. When I was in college, I was a psychology major. And I thank God for that. How many of you know God invented psychology? Y'all know that, right? I don't care what you study, God invented it. If you're in business, if you study chemistry, medicine, whatever it is, that's why the Bible says a man ought to always pray. Because a lot of times we as humans, we get so arrogant and we think, well, the Lord can't fix that wrong. He made that. And a lot of times you struggle in situations longer than you should because you don't realize that if you lack wisdom in anything you touch in life, the creator designed it and he know the wisdom on how to make it successful. Amen. So let's look at what the word sacrifice means. Because no relationship gets more intimate without a sacrificing on the behalf of one party. You can tell somebody you're in a relationship, you love them all you want with your mouth. But if you don't 
put something away that you love and replace that time with time with them. There is no bonding. That's only lip service. You can say I love you all you want. But if I, I used to love to play basketball. And when I got married, I had to sacrifice that to spend time with my wife. Now, I can say I love you all I want, but every time she looks for me, I'm shooting ball. Well, what do I really love? See, you did loving with your mouth is shallow. In fact, it means nothing. Love is something that's shown by what you do. All right. So let's go to the, so the term sacrifice means this. I want y'all to get this because this is the premise of this whole sermon. Amen. Let me give you this definition of sacrifice and then we're going to go to the book of James. All right. So let me settle down and make sure I give you what the Lord has put in my heart today. Amen. Book of James chapter 4. And as you're getting there, James chapter 4, verse 8, I'm going to just give you what sacrifice means. And you'll start to see that everybody that say they love you, you'll start to question it. Because if you're not giving up something to get closer to me, then you don't love me. Amen? Sacrifice means destruction or surrender of something for the sake of something else. So when you sacrifice, whatever you sacrifice is either destroyed or surrendered for the sake of gaining something else. Amen? All right. Definition number two for the word. To suffer loss or give up, renounce, to injure, to destroy, especially for an idea, a belief, or an end. In other words, you're trying to build a company. Initially, you've got to sacrifice. Why? Because you're trying to reach a certain level in business or in a relationship. You don't sacrifice just to sacrifice. You sacrifice because you're trying to obtain the desired result. So because you're trying to obtain a goal, some things have to be given up. In order to you for you to obtain what you're trying to obtain. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, with that being said, let's go to James chapter 4. You've heard many people quote this scripture many times. It says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. How many of you heard that before? Do you really understand what James was talking about? <laughs> what James wasn't talking about. You saying with your mouth, Lord, I want to be closer to you. The way you draw near to God is when he sees something that you really, 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 really love. And you give that up when he prompts you to give it up. That's how you get closer to him. You don't get closer to him with your mouth. You get closer to him by giving up what he showed you is in the way. And when you give up what he has shown you that's keeping y'all, y'all intimacy at a surface level. See, your intimacy with God grows when you sacrifice or give up things that he show you to give up. 
So drawing near to God is not something you do with words only. You draw near to God when the spirit of God say, I believe you love this more than you love me. And God say, I want you to replace that with time with me. And you say, God, I will. Then you and God got close. Oh, my God, I'm a priest today. I can feel this. I can feel this. I can feel this. Somebody say, let's go deeper. I'm not talking about all kind of mysteries and all of that. <laughs> I'm talking about in a deeper connection with God. Because you're going to learn those promptings that you feel from the spirit of God. And in your behaviors and things that you're doing, you're going to learn today what the spirit of God is tugging at you for. You feel those promptings because the Lord is trying to bring you to a deeper level of intimacy with him. And the spirit of God is dealing with you because he's trying to show you this is what I feel is keeping us from getting closer. Let me say that again. The spirit of God is going to show you what the Lord feels is keeping y'all from getting closer. Not what you feel. That's the problem. See, many times we want to give up what we think we need to give up. Well, most of the time we're only going to give up things that don't really matter to us. He wants your Isaac. Let that sink in. He wants your Isaac. Do you know what Isaac is? The thing you've been waiting for. The thing you've been longing for. The thing that you've been hoping for. And it may or may not have come into your life by God's design. Because Isaac came by God's design. But some Isaac come because it's some things you really wanted to happen. Sometimes you can create an Isaac. Isaac just simply means something that you love, whether it was God-inspired or you inspired it. But if Isaac is an idol, let me show you how this works. It's beautiful. Go to Romans 12 and 1. Now, this is where I need you to pay close attention because I'm going to shift on you right here. Romans 12. So we draw near by sacrificing, right? Oh, man. And I've been walking with the Lord since 96. And this verse, this verse, I'm about to share with you some insight. When God been trying to give me understanding on this, I've been trying to reflect. And think about all of the people that I've met over the years that turned to the Lord. And at some point, God began to deal with them about their Isaacton, their idols. And they turned back. And this is the solution for why many people come to the Lord. And then when God starts dealing with them on their Isaacs, this is what happens. Either you turn back from God or you stay in church and turn into a vain worshiper. See, you can leave completely from the Lord or you can find a way you think serves God, but it's only at a surface level. And there's two types of worshipers. There's a vain worshiper and there's a true worshiper. But the vain worshiper honors God with their mouth and their lips. 
The true worshiper honors God from the heart. And when it's from the heart, things start dying. If it's not from the heart, there's no death. But the true worshiper worships from the spirit or the heart. And that's when you start to see that person dying out. Okay, look what Paul say. Familiar scripture. <laughs> he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren. He's not talking to people that don't know the Lord. <laughs> he said, I beseech you therefore, life change, Lafayette, those that call upon God. He said that you present, I'm telling you, I'm ILJs, beseech you, life change, Lafayette. <laughs> that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Here's the theme. If you miss it, you won't get this message. Whenever you present a sacrifice to God, what's supposed to happen is, you go out and you look for an animal that was in great health, superior quality, and you brought that to the priest and they put that on the altar and they sacrificed. What was the purpose of that? That animal died in place of your violation. Got that? Let's just say you committed a murder. You go find a bull, and the bull died in the place of you for the murder. Well, here's what Paul is saying. No longer is God asking the bull to die for murder. He's asking the murder that's in your spirit to die. How does that happen? When you present your body to the Lord, the Holy Ghost is going to start x-raying it and he's going to say, I see murder in your spirit. And when he see murder in your spirit, he don't want the bull to die no more. He wants you to die. Oh, I hope y'all caught that. See? He don't want a bull to die no more. He wants you to die. And when you present your body, here's what happens in heaven. I want, I want y'all to catch this. When I say, hey, I invite you to the altar. This is what God sees. He sees bodies coming up. <laughs> and when you come before God and you humble yourself, and you begin to praise and worship, repent, whatever you're doing, that is a presentation. And what, what you're doing when you present, you are surrendering. You remember I say sacrifice is destruction and surrendering. Now that you are living sacrifice, you are coming to this altar as a sacrifice that's alive. What's alive? Those ways that God don't like. That's what Paul talking about. He said the living sacrifice, meaning you are coming before God with lion may still be alive in you. When you come to the altar, lust may still be alive in you. The murder might still be alive in you. Idolatry may still be alive in you. But you present that body with all of those things in you that God don't like. And then you surrender and the spirit of God comes upon you. And then he starts going in that living sacrifice. And he starts to survey it and analyze it and see what's in there that God don't like. 
And when he see things that God don't like, he empowers you because he know that the thing that's in you that he don't like, you can't break that by yourself. (laughs) So he will empower you. But that's the start. And then what happens? You come here and God gives you the power to please him. He gives you the power to obey him. He gives you the power to break all of those bondages and all of those addictions off of you. And guess what happens Monday? Monday comes. The Spirit of God came up on you Sunday. Monday comes. Sunday is going to be bananas. <laughs> Sunday is going to be la-la land. You're going to leave out here wobbling and buzzing, might be drunk in the Spirit. And man, church was good. That word was awesome. I had a grand time. It was swell. That's the start. All of that power you feel, it can feel like boulders fell on you. The Holy Ghost so powerful, it just slaughtered you. It hits you, your knees wobble. And you get weak and you just say, my God, that was powerful. That is the power you need when it's time to start dying. That is how you die. Because if that's the case, you would not need that power. So you are the living sacrifice. And then he puts his living spirit in you. And then he surveys you. He enters you. And the Bible says he searches your heart. He starts looking for Isaacs. He starts turning. What do they love more than me? I hear that they came to the altar and told me how much they love me. But I got to prove this. I need to know. And just, just, just so conveniently, Monday, the thing comes to prompt you to go back into the behavior you had before Sunday. You think that's like a coincidence? No, that's spiritually orchestrated. Because you walked out of here as a living sacrifice. Beautiful scripture. That's him. All right. So y'all got that point? How we draw near to God? Sacrifice. So what is the sacrifice now? Everybody should lift their hand. What sacrifice? Who is the sacrifice now? You are. And what are you sacrificing? When the spirit of God show you things that he don't like, that needs to be put on the altar and burned just like they used to burn bulls. Somebody say prove it. I will. I'm glad you said it. (laughs) Y'all know we got to prove all things. Let's go to Hebrews 10 and 2. Let me show you what's supposed to happen. Hebrews, book of Hebrews, chapter number 10, verse number 2. Now, I'm getting ready to bless your life right here. I'm getting ready to bless you. Hebrews 10, verse 2. Let me show you what's supposed to happen. How many worshipers we got in here? Not a trick question. Lift your hand if you're a worshiper. We got worshipers in the house? All right. Now, the question is, are we a true worshiper or a vain worshiper? Because you are, you are, you are a true worshiper or a vain worshiper. And I'm going to show you the characteristics of a true worshiper versus a vain worshiper. 
This is the process of a true worshiper. For they, uh, for then would they not have ceased to be offered? He's talking about the old sacrifices. If they weren't, God wouldn't have stopped the system. But they didn't work, so he had to do something new. All right? Because this is why you are not a sacrifice and not a bull. The worshipers, once purged, should have had no more conscience of sins. A true worshiper, if you are a true worshiper, your conscience should begin to be purged from sin. Now tie that into what I've been teaching. What is the conscience? What is God saying? Murder lives in the conscience. Lying lives in the conscience. When we pick these things up, they went into our conscience. All your conscience is, is the know-how of how to do something. Your conscience is the know-how. Or what, I know how to do it. And that's where the problem lives. All right? So what God is saying is, when you are a true worshiper, and you present your body, and the person process goes like this. When you present your body to me, and I say, I don't like this, and you get in a situation where what God don't like shows up. Uh-oh. It usually don't show up in church because this is a good atmosphere, so people can... So this is not normally where that old man going to show up. He shows up on Saturdays at 2 in the morning when you're watching what you're not supposed to be watching. But that's the time that the purging process is to take place. How do you get purged? When that thing comes up, and you don't do it. You just sacrificed. And because you sacrificed, you died. And because you died, your conscience was purged. And the next time that arises, you don't respond. Because something that's alive responds to a stimulus. How do you know it's dead? Because when the stimulus appears, you don't respond. That means you're a true worshiper. But if you are still responding to stimuluses to the old man, you're not dying. Your conscience is not being purged. If you still know how to stand, you're not a true worshiper. Now, did I quote that wrong? Did I, did I butcher that? Did I mess that up in any kind of way? No. The scripture says what should happen is a real worshiper presents his body and out of his conscience things that God don't like is purged. Now what happens if you go through that process and something the stimulus for the old man appears and you respond then you didn't get purged. Two things could happen to you. You can become a vain worshiper. The vain worshiper is the one that doesn't go through that sacrificial process on a Tuesday with nobody looking. But they still come to church Sundays, Wednesdays, Friday, whatever. But there's no purging process, but they still church goers. 
Or I'm trying to help somebody. Let me show you what Paul said. Let's go over here. Ooh, this is a, and I'm, I, I'm telling you, I'm really, I saw this in a whole new light. Look what Paul said over here. In, it said this, and I have to read it. I want to quote it, but I, I will be doing you an injustice. I'm coming. Amen. Paul said we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. I want y'all to get that. I want y'all to get that. Y'all got that? Romans 8 and 36. Now look, now I want you to look at this from a look what Paul said. And how often does this sacrificial process occur? He said, For it is written, for thy sake. Remember the word sacrifice, meaning you give up to get, you're giving up to get Christ. We are killed. How often are we killed? Do you know what that's telling you? You see that semicolon? He wanted you to pause. What Paul was trying to relate to the church was, it's not, you don't just die when you come to church. And not only do you not die only when you come to church, he said it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a true worshiper should be dying all day long. Meaning, you never know when God gonna call on you to sacrifice. You never know what time the Spirit of God is gonna have something set up for you to enter into a sacrificial moment. It can happen at any time. Because the spirit world don't sleep. And I've seen the devil try to fight me in a dream. Oh, I'm the only one. (laughs) He ever tried to fight. And in the dream, I was fighting him. In my spirit. Because when your spirit is to live, right? I don't care if he catch you when you woke. If he catch you when you sleep. The Holy Ghost don't sleep. So even if he come in your dream, you still should feel some resistance there. Because the whole body should be purified. He should never catch you off guard. I'm here flat sleeping and I feel my spirit fighting that thing off. Because in my spirit, I'm like, that's not what I want to do. That's not who I am. You can catch me when I sleep. I still want to be holy. So I learned, man, this thing is all day long. Sometimes people say, Lord, can I just get a break? I don't feel like fight. That's when he's going to swing at your heart. And we are accounted, grab this verse, as sheep for what? How does heaven view you? He's looking at you as a sheep that needs to be slaughtered. Oh, y'all didn't catch that. Do y'all wonder why y'all having all these battles on? Huh? Do y'all wonder why you feel that flesh? Do y'all wonder why all has been so fiery? Because all God is looking at is a sheep that needs to be sacrificed. And what he's telling you, don't miss this. Why did Paul use a sheep? Because you can't go through the sacrificial process without the spirit of a sheep. 
Goats don't sacrifice. It's spiritual. The only way you can go through that sacrificial process is if you humble like a sheep. Because a sheep can go to be slaughtered. The Bible says Jesus was like a sheep. He was dumb. Opened out his mouth. A lot of you can't die because you talk too much. You want to talk about how I feel? You want to talk about how long we've been feeling it? You want everybody to understand it? When God is saying, when you going to die so we can move on to the next phase of this project? God said, all you want to do is talk about the dead. Talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. No, God has brought you to a moment of sacrifice. It ain't time to talk, it's time to die. Nobody understand what I feel. Nobody understand what I go through. Nobody... Just die already. Some of you men, your old man like Michael Myers, just he just won't go away. He just keep popping up, keep popping up. Why? Because you're not killing him. Somebody say that again, sis. You don't have to keep dealing with that over and over and over. The reason you keep dealing with the same issues is because you're not letting them die. God is doing his job. He's given the stimulus for you to become aware of what needs to die. And you just don't want to let it go. The Holy Ghost's job is to, number one, when you present yourself, he surveys you immediately to see what God don't like. And then he begins to orchestrate. How can I put them in a position to die? The Holy Ghost's job is to set you up to die. How often Paul said he was dying? How often Paul said he was dying? Daily. Daily. So why are you still dealing with the same issue for six years when it could have been dead in one day? I don't care how strong that Isaac is in your heart. If you surrender and have the spirit of a sheep, it can be slaughtered the same day. You don't have to keep wrestling with this thing all your life. <laughs> when you present your body, the Holy Ghost on it. He immediately said, okay, we need to fix this. We need Because remember, it's about relationships. And the Holy Ghost job is to make sure your relationship with God is in the right standing and that it goes deeper. Let me say that again. <laughs> the Holy Ghost's job is to make sure you're in the right standing And that is growing more intimate every day. And the only way your walk with the Lord grows more in intimacy is when he show you things that are keeping y'all from bonding, you kill it. Now, how many of you want to get closer to God? So guess what's going to happen tomorrow? Hold on, let me see that again. So we, there's no misunderstanding, huh? What are you? A living what? And what you just did? Presented your body. And what the Holy Ghost is going to do? Go start serving. And then he's going to set you up to die. 
Somebody say, stop squealing. Sheep don't squeal, pigs squeal. Somebody said, I'm writing that down. <laughs> Sheep don't squeal. Why all this noise? And you, huh? Why is all this noise coming from you? All of this noise. Oh, God, hearing this noise. All of this squealing and squirming. And you on the altar, but you're squealing. And he didn't call for pigs. He called for sheep. Paul didn't say, when you go butcher a sheep or pig in the country, oh, yeah, you hit all the way down the road, miles. Nope. When God sets you up to die, somebody say, hush him out and die. Everybody know you dying, and they can see it all over your face. You got all no. Just come. You presented your body. Just come humble like a sheep. Somebody say, quit all that squealing. Somebody say, you're not a pig. You're a sheep. <laughs> oh, I don't want to break up with him. I don't want to leave her alone. I like her. I don't want to stop drinking. Ah, I want to drink. I like to get drunk. I like to drink my pride. That's what you sounded like, squirming. I don't want to get out of this adulterous relationship. I like it. I like it. Sheep don't do that. When the spirits say you're in adultery, the sheep say sacrifice. Get this out of my spirit. A real sheep come say, get this out of my spirit. Clean me. Wash me. Purge me. Get this out of me, Lord. That's how sheep think. And then sheep say, God, I'm thankful that you showed me what was keeping our relationship from getting more and more intimate. I appreciate you for letting me know because I really, sometimes you're not even aware of what's way down in there. That's why you need the spirit to search your heart so he can bring to surface things. You may not even know why you can't hear God. You may not even know what's really blocking you. Lord Jesus. Somebody say die. die. Now this kind of message, Jesus church shrunk. I'm tell y'all what happened. He was preaching to all kind of people, healing all that. But then he turned around and he said, okay, now you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Now you got to become like me. And they say, so you mean to tell me when that guy was lying on you, and when I saw you hold your peace, I got to do that? You mean to tell me when that woman at the well was flirting with you and you didn't respond? I got to walk like that? You mean to tell me that if I know that's my enemy, I got to love him and pray for him, I got to walk like that? They looked at the Lord and said, I'm good. <laughs> I don't, what they said, I'm not about that life. They say, oh, no, we not. Then one of them say, Lord. But then he began to teach like this. Look what he said. One of the disciples, they say, Lord, how often should I forgive my brother? He say, 70 times seven. One of them say, well, who can be saved? 
<laughs> and he calculated that right quick. And he said, so you mean to tell me that to be like you, somebody can hurt me 70 times, seven times in a 24-hour period, and I got to take that. If they apologize, I got to forgive them. And each time it cut, each time it hurt, each time it bruised me, he didn't, he said, they offended you 70 times, seven times. Like each offense you felt. Some of us can't release one offense in a day. Some of us, it takes us three years to forgive one offense. That's why people turn. I told you the Holy Ghost don't show and tell you, hey, you didn't forgive that person. And guess who you're going to see? That's who you're going to see Monday. Guess who you're going to bump into conveniently in Walmart? You know that person you've been trying to duck and dodge? The one that you kind of say, well, they go their way, I go mine. That's who you're going to run into in Rouse's. Guess who's going to be on the little aisle in Dillard's when you're trying to find a dress for Sunday? Guess who you're going to run into? You know that person that you didn't want to see? That's when you should say, I know why I just bumped into them. I'm a living sacrifice, and the Holy Ghost set this up, so now this is an opportunity for me to die and become more like Christ. Sister say, ooh. <laughs> Sister say, that's how this works. <laughs> ooh. You don't just arbitrarily meet people you don't like. That's a setup. I know how we do. Oh, I don't think that's. <laughs> And then you start shopping. You wear 12 and you shopping in the fours. You know you don't wear a four. <laughs> you on that four hour. And you just twisting. Did they leave? No, just go die. Say, man, hey, how you doing? I'm so glad I ran into you today. Man, I'm praying for you and your family. Hey, you know what? How much is your ticket? You know what? Things been going good for me. Follow me to the register. Let me bless you. Why? Because you're supposed to bless them that curse you. You just got set up to bless somebody that's been cursing you. And you hiding on our four when you should be running to the register to bless somebody that's been cursing and guess what you just did in Dillard's? You worshipped. I know what a lot of people think worship is. I already know. This is what people think worship is. That's surface. That's a form. That's one way to worship. You know what's the next level of worship? That intimate level of worship? 
is when you are presented with a moment to kill something that's blocking you from God and you sacrifice it. When Abraham was getting ready to kill Isaac, he didn't say put on a slow song so I can worship. He said we are going up into the mountain and we are going worship. When I killed Isaac, when I killed this thing that I love, I am worshiping God. You worship God when you die in. That's worship. Worship is something dying. Abraham said, I'm going worship. What was he going to do? Kill Isaac. He called killing Isaac worship. I know that's going over some of the, some of the surface level Christians head because they think worship is. Nah, man. That's why he said there's a difference in a true worshiper and a vain worshiper. The vain worshiper only gets the surface level. I'm doing y'all injustice. I got to prove that. Let me prove that. Let's go to Matthew and then I'm going to go to Genesis and get on out of your way. What you say, sis? Praise God. The spirit is speaking. How many of you want to be a true worshiper? Ooh, my Lord. Okay, so Matthew 15, and I'm going to get through this quick because I just want to, I don't want to miss this. Verse 1 to 9, I'm going to read it. He said, then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem. Who came scribes and Pharisees? Surface level. Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? This is them talking. For they... Wash not their hands when they eat. The first indicator of a vain worshiper is they set up all kind of traditions and think you worship God with your systems. God is not worshipped in systems. God is not worshipped in systematic man-made codes and laws and rules. You don't worship God from your intellect. You don't worship God when you come with a board meeting and say, this is our bylaws. This is how we worship. The woman at the well tried that to say, in this mountain, according to our bylaws, this is how we worship. But notice where her worship got her with five husbands and shacking. If your worship hits you through all kind of and you still shacking, that's not true worship. The woman said, I worship, but I can't stop shacking. So guess what? That worship don't work. A true worshiper is purged from lust. She said, this is how we do it. And Jesus was like, but that's not working. How do you know? Because you still bound. That's how you know if it's working. If your system of worshiping God is not freeing you, then it's not working. I see why Jesus got killed. Them Pharisees heard that. They got mad. That's like, so you mean to tell me that my tradition and the way I do it ain't working? Who gave you that authority? They start getting mad. Who, who, who told you you can preach like that? Where where you get that from? Y'all think them conversations was pretty? Who gave you that authority? No. They was mad. The Bible said they went in councils 
And they say, well, man, I can't deny the people getting free following them. I can't deny that. I mean, that's notable miracles. People's life has really changed. And if we say he's not on God, the people go. So it put them in a dilemma. See, true worshipers put religious people in dilemmas. Because when you become a true worshiper, the system is bucked. They begin to tell him. They said, why is your disciples not following my traditions that I got from my elders? He began to educate them on something. Oh, I love Jesus. <laughs> he said, well, why do you transgress the commandment of God by your traditions? What he was saying is, you would rather hold on to the, to the way you do it when God's mind is for you to be free. But God's mind is for you to be free of everything that's living in you that he don't like. But you'd rather hold on to what you like and build a doctrine to support it. Ooh. For God commanded, and he just gave an example, one of many. <laughs> Honor your father and your mother. And he that cursed father and mother let him die to death. He said, but you said, God said, in the spirit, I want you to honor your parents. But you say, well, I don't really need to honor them. I just need to buy them a car, give them a little bomb, pay their car note. They said, instead of me showing reverence to my parents, I'd rather just disrespect them and buy them something. No, God say, honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the earth. He say, this is the first commandment with a promise attached to it. But God, I don't like my daddy. He abandoned me. He, wa-. he has the office of your father. And he is th- his behavior is not what your honor is predicated on. Ah, Lee, I'm touching some. I'm, I feel somebody saying, get out of my business. <laughs> No, that's why relationships don't heal because people rather buy gifts than show honor. <laughs> but that's why parents and kids can't fix their problems because we rather just send a gift instead of somebody saying, you know what? I apologize for abandoning you. I apologize for walking out on you. And you would rather hold your grudge and say, well, no, you shouldn't have walked out on No, if they saying they apologize, what more do you want them to do? 70 times 7. Abandoning you when you were 5 counts in those 70 times 7. Why y'all got me preaching so hard in here today? Man. This is why relationships don't mend. Because honor just simply means showing respect and reverence. But instead of walking in the commandment of God, he said, no. God said, keep your gift and fix the relationship. Because human beings don't like difficult conversations. But iron sharpens iron. Your father is a piece of iron. Your mother is a piece of iron. You a piece of iron. When y'all start having them conversations, sparks don't start flying. Let them fly. Because that's how you get sharper. Stop running from difficult conversations. That's why you stand dull and not growing because you don't want to talk about the issues that need to be talked about. 
If you want to get sharpened up, let them sparks start flying. It should get hot in that living room. I'm about to say, talk about it. Well, I don't want to talk. Oh, yeah, we talking today. We going to fix this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to keep dealing with this for five years. Well, I had abandonment issues. I understand. We going to sacrifice them abandonment issues on this altar today, right now, in this living room. Right now. Because you're not going to have me going into my 50s. It happened to me when I was 12 and I'm 50 years old, still dealing with something from when I'm 12. Oh, no, you're going to talk to me. And guess what? If we have this conversation, even if you don't forgive me, at least I'm getting this thing out. I'm not going to keep carrying this to another five years. This is the last day I'm carrying this thing. We're going to get this out today. Now, what you do with it, that's on you. But we're talking about it today. Because every relationship I get in is affected because you saying, I don't want to talk about it. You can't heal if you don't talk about it. You don't heal if you don't talk about it. Somebody say, let the sparks fly. It's easy to go to Lot went over there to Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham went way over there. That's easy to do when strife rise. But the Bible says in malice be children, but in understanding be men. He's talking about maturity levels in the spirit. The children and malice, they brush it off quick. Men hold grudges. Children don't hold grudges. So he said in malice, be like children. Let's talk about this today and fix that. And children, you can whip them but when they you say, now you explain, hey, this is why I did it. Mama, I still love you. Men, in the natural, they're holding grudge to their guy. I'm not saying I'm sorry. No, you, no, no. I'm no, and I don't even want to talk about it. He said, in understanding be men. A man understands that sometimes there are differences of opinions. The differences of views, but in order for us to continue the relationship, let's have an intelligent, civilized, heated conversation. No hard feelings. We just need some things to be resolved. That's what men in the spirit do. You're not a man in the spirit because you fought it. You're a man in the spirit when you walk in maturity of Christ. You got some people 60 years old, been in Christ 30 years and still children in the spirit. How do you know? Because they can't fix issues. If you can't fix an issue, then you a babe. Well, I've been doing this 22 years. How many people you got on your list that you need to make things right with? Oh, only about 10. That's not that many. One is too many. Oh, my God. So Jesus said, man, I've been preaching. Lord, gee. All right. All right. Now, don't get offended at this because this is in red. The Lord said it. See, I got my real Bible. I'm not online. It's in red. <laughs> so I'm going to explain this because this is an offensive word to people that sit in churches, Okay. And verse 7, he said, you hypocrites, where did Isaiah prophesy of you? And now he gave a def- definition, don't get offended, don't get upset, don't get angry. He's just going to define what he's saying, okay? 
He said, here's the behavior of a hypocrite. They draw nigh to me with their mouth and honor me with their what? But their heart is where? But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. What he's trying to tell you is, if you're not being taught that you're a sheep that need to be slaughtered, and instead you build a teaching to hold on to something that God don't like, that's hypocritical, because you're not dying. If you're not dying, but you're in church five years, ten years, fifteen years, what is that? By definition, what is that? Y'all, that's a fair assessment. Because a true worshiper gets purged. A vain worshiper holds on to things for 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 15, 19, 22 years. And then they build a reason of why they still holding on to it. Was I clear? So don't get upset with the word of God. But let the word of God by definition give you context on what you are dealing with. A hypocrite is simply a person that that visits them and they don't die. But they stay in church. And then they have all kind of reasons on why they don't have to give up when God is tugging at them to give up. That's called a what? Now, nobody upset, huh? Y'all still love me? Paul told in Galatians, have I become your enemy because I told you the truth? Because before that message, Paul said, y'all to pluck your eyes out for You should more so want to pluck them out because I got the courage to tell you what Jesus is requiring of you. All right, let's finish this up. Let's go to Genesis. Let's finish this up. I think y'all got that. We're getting ready to finish. Y'all stretch a little bit. We're getting ready to finish. Praise the Lord. Genesis 22. We're getting ready to finish this passage up and I'm going to get on out of your way. Amen. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, y'all can do better than that. We're getting ready to wrap up. So how do we draw near to God? And what is our bodies? And what are we supposed to be accounted as? How often? Well, y'all following me today. Ooh-wee. And what's a vain worshiper? Somebody that stay in church and don't die. That was another one. And say that last part. If your conscience not getting purged, you're not a true worshiper. Then how does your conscience get purged? When you present your body, the Spirit of God survey your heart and set you up to die. Death is purging. That's clear. So hopefully you can walk back through your Christian life and say, well, this is why I haven't been growing because I haven't been willing to die. If you desire to grow in the Lord and become more intimate with him, all you have to do is when he sets you up to die, just die. Somebody say just die. Somebody say it ain't the preacher fault. 
It ain't the church fault. It ain't God's fault. If I'm not dying, it's my fault. Squealing is when you blame other people. You're squealing, you're squealing, you're squealing. Well, I, nobody was there for me. No, you're on the backside of the mountain. You couldn't get in touch with nobody because you was isolated so God can kill you. Nobody called me. God called you. He called you to die. <laughs> Nobody checked on me. The Holy Ghost been checking on you. He checked on you whenever you was looking at something you wasn't supposed to look at, and he started dealing with you. That was him checking on you, what you watching. Ooh. It's hot in here. It's hot. Y'all hot? Y'all know what fire comes to do. Y'all know why it's hot in here? He ready to heat this altar up. Some, you, I can feel it. I can feel that altar getting heated up. Ooh, I see some sheep too. I can feel it. I feel sheep in here. Hallelujah. Thank God for the sheep. Let's finish this up. Genesis 22. I'm going to just read through this because I think y'all are going to see what I've been discussing as I read. And Abraham rose up early in the morning. He saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him. And then he grabbed Isaac, the thing that he loved. And he clave the wood for the burnt offering. And then he rose up and he went into the place. Who told him? He started going where God told him to go. God going to show you what to give up, when to do it, where to do it, how to do it. I'm going to say that again. God is going to show you who to stop talking to, what to give up, where to give it up at. He's going to show you what number to block. He gonna show, I mean, he's just going to walk you through it. Amen. Can I get an amen? Has the Lord ever dealt with you on somebody that's toxic that you just need to get away from? Amen. Tell me he won't tell you. <laughs> and so on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place of fall. And Abram said to his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad, we going up yonder, and what we going to do? Ooh. He didn't say, Brother Everett, play holy fire, burn it away. He didn't say, Sister Ebony, come stand up here and sing, Waymaker, Miracle Work. That's not what he said. He said, I am getting ready to go kill something. And when I kill it, the aroma is going to go up and it's going to be to worship God. Every time you give up something that the spirit of God been dealing with you to give up, you worship. You can do it at your job. You can worship at Walmart. You can worship at your house. You can worship in your car. When that phone rings and you don't answer, you just worship. Why? Because you wanted to answer and you wanted that conversation and you didn't let it come through. And you said, you know what? I'm tired of dealing with this. I'm not going to answer. And you start feeling a kick and a squirm. And a, and, and, but you don't answer. You just worshiped. Oh, but you just sent up some worship. Whew. And I, let me just meditate. God, I feel that. All those times I've been worshiping God, I didn't even realize the depth of worship. Every time something came at me, 
as in the form of a temptation and I didn't yield, I overcame it, on that spot right there, God received my worship. That's why he said the true worshipers. Being a vain worshiper is really a miserable place for a Christian to be. You know why? Because you never experience the intimacy of God because you never get to know God for who he is. See, you're not going to get to know the Lord without dying because relationships grow in stages. Intimacy develops in intervals. You don't grow deep in a relationship as soon as you meet somebody and say hello. But information about yourself should only be revealed as trust builds. And how does trust build between a man and God? Whenever you give up, when God prompted you to give up, he begins to trust you. And then once he begins to trust you, he reveals more about himself to you. My Lord. Amen. So Abram took the wood and a burnt offering and he laid it, Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand, a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac said unto Abraham, see, sometimes the things that need to die, they don't want to die. Your Isaac going to talk to you. He's going to say, you sure? Some of you, Isaac, talking to you right now. You know who Isaac is? Whatever you're thinking about in your mind right now, that boy, I show like that right there. Isaac said, I see the wood. I see. But what we killing? Abraham said, Lord, son, the Lord will provide. What that's telling you is Abraham represents maturity. Isaac represents immaturity. If immaturity is speaking and is dictating your decisions, you're not ready to walk like Abraham. But Abraham saw the benefit of the sacrifice, so that's how you can determine where you are in God. If you can see the benefit of the sacrifice and you go through with it, you're walking like Abraham. Lord Jesus. And so Abraham said, my son God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went together and they came to the place God showed them and Abram built the altar and getting everything ready. In verse 10, it says this, Abram stretched forth his hand and he took the knife to slay his son and a, and a representative of heaven. I hope y'all catch that. That word angel means messenger or representative of heaven. Or the one that came to show you exactly what God was feeling and thinking at that moment. When Abraham went to sacrifice his son, the heart of the Lord uttered these words. Now I know that Abraham fears me. And when that unction hit the spirit of the, of the father, when he in that moment, he said, now I get it. This man really loved me. So he looked at his messenger and said, go relay how I'm feeling at this moment. So the angel showed up and he said, Abraham, do your son no harm. Now I know that you fear me. And it touched God so much. 
All God intended to do was just speak blessings over Abraham's life. The blessings don't come before the sacrifice. The blessings comes after the sacrifice. Because the sacrifice shows the love and the blessings show the love. So when God begins to pour his blessings over you, can his favor over you, can his intimacy over you, it only is invoked when you prove to him through sacrificing that you love him. And when he, you show him that you love him, at that moment he withholds no good thing from him that walks uprightly. A lot of people want to walk in the blessings of Abraham, but not the sacrifice of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham is a real tangible thing. That word blessing simply means an empowerment to succeed. When the blessing, not a blessing, the blessing, that's a real mantle that God puts on your life and whatever you touch, he causes to prosper. That's what people want. But the sacrifice should precede that because the blessing he places on you is just a bonding of an intimate walk. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. So Abraham called killing Isaac worship. And then the Lord began to pronounce the blessing of Abraham. That's when you begin to see it right there. And now a lot of people, they stand up in pulpits all over the world and they attract worshipers with the blessing of Abraham. But a true worshiper should want the blessing of Abraham, but also the sacrifice of Abraham. See, the vain worshiper, all they want is the blessing of Abraham on top of things that's not dead. Lord Jesus, help me, Holy Ghost. I feel like I'm in some, un, some uncharted waters. I feel like I'm just, I can feel it. I can feel it. People don't want that, the, the sacrifice. Just give me the blessing without the death. Somebody say, death precedes the blessing. And let me break this down to you from a psychology standpoint. Intimacy in a relationship is created when one party perceives the sacrifice of another party to prove that you love them. For instance, a man that's wealthy won't meet a lady and just say, hey, I'm worth $2 million. Then I'm going to give everything to you. You just met him Friday. You tell him that Saturday. No. Mm -mm. Let's prove some things first. Let me see if you just after me for the blessing or the money or if you care to know my heart and what make me tick. Now once that wealthy guy perceives that you are there for them, you just throw your black card. That's what the blessing is. That's God's black card. Catch that. Help him, Holy Ghost. She said, I caught the black. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's a lady right there. She said, I didn't catch what you mean, but I caught that black. <laughs> I love it. But a black card just simply means there's no limit on a black card. And that's what the blessing is. There's no limit on how God will bless you. But God not going to just give you the black card, but you're not willing to sacrifice to prove that you love him. 
They're not worried about you carrying this black card with his name on it. Remember, don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. God not worried about you carrying this black card when you carrying his name and walking worthy of it. God, like you can have whatever you want. God don't care if you live in a mansion. He don't care if you live in River Ranch. He don't care if you live in Youngsville. He don't care if you build in Latrion. He don't care about any of that. He wants you to live in Latrion. But he don't want you to live in Latrion with his name and you after the neighbor's wife. I don't care if you have a res membership and go to the country club and exotic. He don't care about you driving foreign and exotic cars, but he don't want you using an exotic foreign Lamborghini to pick up a stripper. I'm just trying to keep it real. How do what the teenagers say? Keep it what? Keep it what? She said it like Lafayette. How they say it around here? All right. You in Lafayette. That's how they talk around here. <laughs> so God don't mind you having the best life, your blessed life, the, your, living your best life. He don't care. About, he wants you to have all of that. But he's more concerned about you not having no gods before. He's more concerned about your relationship with him. And as long as your relationship with him is in good standards, the rest is just a byproduct. So don't chase the byproducts and run away from God. Chase God and the byproducts are going to come. In the words of the text, Jesus says, seek ye first the heart of God, the kingdom of God. That's the heart of God. And everything else that the Gentiles wake up, worry about, stressing over who they're going to marry, where they're going to live, what they're going to drive, how much money. He said, I'm going to make sure you have all of that. I'm not even, God, like, you're going to marry who you want to marry. God said, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. If you want them to be 6'3", tall, drive a black disc, I'll give you that. I'll give, it to, I'll give you a man 6'3", drive a black car. I don't ain't worried about it. But I don't want you to be with him and want somebody else. So let's sacrifice this lust out of you. Let me teach you how to be a lady. Let me teach you how to be a virtuous woman. Let me teach you how to be a meek and a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. And then once we get that right, then that other thing that you really want, I'll make him find you just like Boaz find root. I, God, I, I can do that whenever I get ready. But why should I give you something to pacify what needs to be fixed for real? Somebody say, God ain't worried about what you drive. And he ain't trying to stop you from driving far. He don't care if you drive far. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to be the supervisor. He wants you to be a big time, like, like I tell my buddy, you closing some deals, he wants you to close deals. He, he wants you to live, I mean, he wants you being a blessing to other people. But first, he wants you to be in right standing with him. And then everything else is going to fall in line. And the beautiful part about the word add, it just simply means this. It'll just show up without you even putting in effort to find it. 
See, you spinning your wheels trying to make it happen, all kind of energy exerting, all kind of turmoil, all kind of stress versus being smart and say, you know what? I'm going to just focus on God and he's going to just drop it in my lap at the right time. Oh, my God. Somebody give God a hand. Praise. That's enough. That's enough. I think y'all got it. Let us stand on our feet. Hallelujah. I hope you enjoyed the word of the Lord today. Amen. I hope all of y'all feel like sheep that's ready to die. I got some sheep in this place. Anybody got some things they know need to be sacrificed? Y'all not, do y'all need me to put my, look at my left buddy. God bless you. Where you going, dude? Well, he comfortable. He just. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> he coming. He's showing y'all how to get to the <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I pray that the word of the Lord blessed somebody today. Hallelujah. And I want to invite you to the altar. I want to pray with you. Amen. And it's totally voluntary coming to the altar. It's totally voluntary. It's totally voluntary. Totally. But I invite you to the altar to present your body to God. Amen. As a living sacrifice. And this is what I want to share with you. I don't care how many times you got to sacrifice. I don't care how many times. Amen. You tried this. And you failed. And you stumped. I don't care. I don't care. Amen. Amen. I don't care. Boy, look at all these sheep coming up. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Come on, God's telling me to wait. He's tugging at somebody else. Amen. If you know you need to be at this altar today, if you need God to help you, Amen. Come on. God is calling you. God is inviting you. God is tugging at you. God is tugging at you. Amen. 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 If the Lord is tugging at you, the Lord is tugging at you. The Lord is tugging at you. Hallelujah. The Lord is tugging at you. Hallelujah. Grab that other mic. Don't say it to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. That card is that, that right there. Hallelujah. Oh, he want to play? Oh, you mind? He want to play? Yeah, come on. Oh, all right. Praise God. I'm going to give you a little relief, brother. Thank God for him. God put a song on his heart. Well, y'all get him set up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just turn it right there. Hallelujah. And you know what's so beautiful about that? 
I love Paco out there. That, that is what I absolutely envision happening today. Praise God. All right. Holy Ghost. Amen. I can hear the Lord saying this altar call is going to be very, very, very intimate. Very gentle but powerful. Today at this altar, God, and we present our bodies before you right now, God. God, we present our bodies to you right now, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, true worshipers, let us present our bodies right now before the Lord. Hallelujah, let us present are. our bodies right now. You are living sacrifice. Here we are standing in your presence. Yes, standing in your presence. She kind of glory come down. She kind of glory come down. Here we are standing in your presence. Here we are standing oh, in your presence. Oh, God, come on, saints, lift up your hands. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, that's the Holy Ghost. Let it go. 
Let your fire fall. Let your glory fill this place. 